0: good afternoon and good evening everyone welcome back to yet another episode of the lockdown sound podcast joining me today is a couple special guests uh here in person we have Bretton boyers and mike kendall hi how's it going (laughs) glad to be here and then over the phone joining us is migra special q-tip
1: good afternoon guys good afternoon
0: so yeah, we're talking uh, from Q-Tip today, we got Mike Kendall, who you guys have heard before from Flipping Birds Apparel Company, and then Bretton Talker Boyers, who is uh, new to the podcast.
2: Yeah, just a uh, waterfowl hunter, man, like <laughs> birds.
0: So Bretton's actually my brother-in-law, so he's big into, obviously, waterfowl hunting and migraine munitions, so we figured we'd have him on for the episode.
1: That's awesome, man, it's a pleasure, I'm tickled that you guys invited me.
0: Yeah, so if you want to go ahead and start Q-tipping, just kind of tell us a little bit about Migra for any of our listeners who somehow don't know what your ammunition company is yet, and we'll go from there.
1: Yeah, man. So, we, um, Migra is uh, five years old now. Um, we produce uh, waterfowl loads, steel shot. We produce bismuth. We have a tungsten load. Um, quite a variety of SKs out there. We've got um, something cool that, uh, probably talk a little bit about later next weekend at nwtf um a lot of things going on at migra but our steel shot um our two four was probably the flagship what the uh company was created on where the um the patent really took place in 2019 and um yeah so um we are a uh, proprietary stack load in 2019 that's where the patent started was the uh not um not the blended process, but the stack process. We use the um the bigger shot on top and the smaller shot on the bottom uh, to create a a drafting if you will process the short version. Um, you got the big knockdown with the big BBs in the front, and you got a bunch of density with the little BBs in the back, and they draft in there to do the job. And um, we feel like we have you know the best steel shot on the planet. Um, And like I said, our our bismuth is the big brother with our timber load, which is the uh, 4.6 and the 12 and 20 gauge. And um, we do have the 2.5 with the tungsten, which is the big, big, big brother. Um, But, yeah, don't see it quite as much. A lot of people really love the steel. And um, like I said, the introducing of the timber this year has took off really, really well with the 4.6. People are getting some really good reviews in after using it for the first time and it's uh it's been a lot of fun. I've I've um I've shot it pretty much for for the most part out of my twenty hour year was the timber and it's been it's been amazing, man. It I've I've killed a lot of crap with a with a twenty gauge with our 4.6 this year.
0: Yeah, that timber when you uh you showed us that I think it was Delta Waterfowl Expo last year and that was the first time we had picked them up and it was pretty revolutionary. We used a few boxes of it. And
1: it definitely has quite a bit of knockdown power to it. It does, man. Um, I've shot and you know, forced myself. I, I shot um, quite a bit of uh, cranes with that load out of the twenty. Um, shot some spec. Um, you know, obviously we shot some snows last year testing. Um, and yeah, I mean all, all variety of you know you, you big ducks. I mean it, it's been a crushing till, but big ducks as well. Um, you know, man, I, me and my friends hunt a lot of uh, of public timber, and um, but yeah, so it's 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 devastating in there on on pretty much anything. But it's it's been really exciting to to see it um, out in the field and, and watch it go. But yeah, it's a it's a great
2: load. Yeah, I can vouch for that Q-Tip because uh, <laughs> I got some of your uh, steel shot this season and I hunt a, a, a river. So it's a pretty narrow fast shooting. we like our wood ducks up here in Michigan. And uh, oh, we for the matter of fact, sir, that it's devastating. Uh, one question for you real quick is uh, your shot stream with that stack load, putting the smaller pellets behind the bigger ones. Do you notice a difference? Uh, have you looked
1: into that at all? With the – I missed a little bit of that. The, the difference in the shot string opposed to what now?
2: To just like your conventional uh, Winchester, Remington, have you guys did any looking into your shot string? What kind of
1: – We do. We do. So so we our, our shot string is significantly less, and not to get into the nuts and bolts of it, but yes. It is it is significantly less. Um, there are actually, I, I found a guy on um, on YouTube that actually showed it on a slow mo video. Um, but yes, our our shot string is significantly less, and um, you see it pay off in the field. I think um, one thing you know, a lot of people, and which is great, you know, to take your loads and put them on target, right? You know, put them on paper and, and see what your pattern looks like. I think it's always wise, um, but The thing is is the uh the thing that stands out is when you actually take our loads to the field and watch birds you know get hammered with it um that's where that's where our stuff shines from co2 business and um like i said that that's a that's a proprietary process um that we do um everything is specific to to everything every load that we have and that's that's how that kind of works um there's a lot that goes into our shells and they are actually a custom load. And uh you know, you, you advertise that and sometimes it's easy to lose sight of it because, you know, you, you make all these shotgun shells. But that's the hard thing, right? Is is to actually make all these shotgun shells and, and keep them actually a custom load. Um and keep that same kind of quality. And and that's what we're we're managing to do. We're we're pretty proud of that. Um we get very few customer service issues out of our shelves. We're proud of that. Um and like I said, man, most most of the calls that I get are just questions, you know, uh, and uh, you know, victories, you know, of people telling me, you know, man, they had this really awesome hunt and they can't believe, you know, they they saw the patterns it looked really good, you know, they shot the shelves and it's like, Golly man, but it hammered ducks. Um so that's that's usually the conversations that I get out of our stuff. But yes, yeah, we um we're pretty we're pretty proud of that.
2: I would be because
1: it does hammer some ducks. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it does, man. I mean, it 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 does. It, it's a, it's a significant difference when you're shooting beside somebody. Um, yeah, it, it they just die, and and I like that. I don't like seeing cripples, you know, running around everywhere, and that, that sucks. I run a dog, and I don't want that. I like to see birds that die in a decoys, and, and it and it do what it's supposed to do.
2: Yep, fold and don't pick their head up, right? That's exactly right.
0: We actually ran a test when we were hunting uh, opening weekend for us here in Michigan. We had quite a bit of geese come in, and we had two cripples that were about 80 yards away. And all three of us run different kinds of ammo. I was running Migra, and then the other two, I don't remember what they were running. But um, we all took shots at the cripples, and the Migra was the only one that made it to 80 yards to be able to take down the goose.
1: Well, you know, that's so – a little bit about me, too – and then kind of leading back into the cripple beating up. So I run our outfitter vendor program. So I sell to all of our outfitters in the country. Um, and, and that's one thing that's cool about the history of Myra as Well, you know, like um, the best feedback I feel like a person can get about their product is to put it in the hands of people that shoot it, you know, 60 days of the season. You're going to get, you know, the best and the worst and the, and the freaking all the, all the honesty there. And, um, that's one thing like that guides would say consistently across the first year or so. Cause, man, if you're a guide, you're, <laughs> there ain't no telling what you're going to have in your blind as far as shooting wise, you know, for your clients. And you're basically sitting there, you know, head swatting a lot of cripples. And um, they were like, dude, I really didn't realize until I looked across the water and looked at this super, super tight fatter and just killing cripples <laughs> you know like sitting out here in the decoys, fifty, sixty, seventy 50 60 70 yards and here i am swatting at cripples and it's just like i don't have to shoot as many shields because i'm banging cripples but you know god you know the facts are they they have to do that because they get clients in that don't shoot a lot you know that, that may be their only hunt of the season and um you know they're cleaning up after those guys and guys generally shoot last so um you know, yeah, they're they're shooting at the tail end and and still killing birds with them, and that's that's one of the obvious things that that guides pick up on too is the is the range um, when you need it, and then obviously you know, yeah, it, it beats cripples because it's it's super super tight and and you got
3: all that velocity. Speaking of velocity, how many feet per second are the shells?
1: We're fifteen ten,
0: I guess is that on the box. Okay. So you, you touched on when we were talking there about the, the history of migra and everything, and we ran a poll on our Instagram before this podcast yesterday, and um, just what questions people might want answered. And one of the biggest ones we got is one that I had actually never thought of, so I wanted to make sure I touched on it before I forgot. But how did you guys come up with the idea of the white shell in, instead of any of the other more you know traditional colors for shells? That was one of the most popular questions we got. Hey, that is a um... –
1: that is a Drew question that would be better answered. Drew is a my best friend and he's our, our founder. Um and, and I would love to actually have him on at some point and, and answer that question thoroughly. But um yeah, so um the logo came about. Um yeah, I mean I hate really answering that for him because it's kinda of special for him. The logo came about in a way. Uh, he designed the logo and then um I'll just say the white shell just fit. Um, and, and obviously, there were no others that would be white. And the short version is, yes, that the white shell popped, the logo popped on the white shell. And um, honestly, dude, I, I say that it's kind of strange. When when Migra came out, you know, you got your diehard woods hunters and your, some of your people in the blinds. And they're like, man, you know, like, I don't know about these white shells, you know, laying around. It's probably going to flare birds. And that was, I mean, you heard that, you know, a a dozen times over the first season. And then it just went away. Um, I I haven't heard it since. But the white shells were something uh, different. Migra was different. Migra was probably branded differently, which Migra was honestly the first thing like it. You know, there was no stack load. There was no stack loading process. And, um, yeah, so, so it was just different. It was white. There was anything, nothing like it. And and it just, it just stuck. So everything, you know, since and has followed it has has
3: been white. Well, I think it helps your brand stand out too, you know, coming from, from somebody who had a wild idea to start an apparel company surrounded around my affinity for snow goose hunting. So I'm putting a, a, a snow goose logo with my, my company's name on, on different things. Uh, in terms of building a brand, you have to build something that
1: stands out. Otherwise you're just like everybody else. True. True. And that was, that was Drew's thing. Um, you know, even, even the, 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 the load, the, the pellet selection, the process with all that, you know, like I'll be honest. I just never, I never really thought about it. Drew had a great idea. Um, it was a dream you know, it came true. Um, it was, it was just one of those things, you know, because it's like growing up, you know, you're sitting here and you're like, man, what do I take today? Do I shoot twos or do I shoot threes or man, I really like all those fours, you know, and it's just, you're sitting there and you, you wonder, and then, you know, you're right here in the middle of kind of some duplexing going on, right? You know, you see some, some blends taking place, especially in the turkey world. Um, and you, you see some different stuff, but, um, the stack process just was not a thing. Um, and, and honestly, like if you look back at the history of Migra, if you, if you go back to 2019 and you were to able just to look at all the things going on around in Waterfowl, everything looked different, even from a social media, you know, perspective. Migra was branded differently. Um, everybody that was involved in that did a absolutely fantastic job. But the thing about it, it was the performance was consistent. Right. So it it wasn't just like this new thing. Because here's the deal, like, you know, marketing as it is in the waterfowl world and all types of things. I don't care if it's cars or freaking whatever kind of hunting stuff you're involved in or or whatever sports. You know, marketing sometimes kind of gets old. You're like, dang, man, here's this new gimmick. You know, it's this new thing that whatever I'm going to buy and it's going to go in the closet and I'll never use it again. Um, Migra was was, uh, different. It was marketed different. It looked different. But, man, the performance is what stole people's hearts. Um, And and that is what – it was organic. It happened. um, And we've hung in there, man. You know, we're we're growing, uh, making a lot more shells, meeting a lot more um, people in the field, um, picking up outfitters, you know, and and, and have a a lot of quality people around us, man, like you guys. I I love having these conversations with people, meeting new people that, that love the brand, that really love the brand you know, that you don't, you're not, you're not paying to love the brand or they just call you and they say, man, I just want to tell you, man, like I, you know, this is, I, I shot my first band today with Migra and I shot this bird at 70 yards. I had no chance. I felt like bird dropping decoys, you know, outside decoys and, and I got my first band, whatever. People just love it. And that's cool that it's organic. It's not a forced thing. Um, The community is, is really cool. And, and I, and I love that. We're We're really thankful for that
3: that that is you know one of the things that immediately came to my brain when you were when you were talking about the four six mix and the effectiveness of that i'm an i'm an old man i've been i've just finished my 34th 35th waterfowl season here in michigan and i'm thinking number threes have been my favorite forever but this four six sounds, sounds like a pretty cool combination
1: It, it it's amazing um you know, from a like, I'm 43, oh, I'll be 43 next week. And then, and like, from my perspective, when I look at a 4 6, I'm like, man, ain't no way. Right. Yeah. But, right. You know, we were taught it,
2: growing up, but you know, it works.
1: It is bad. I mean, like, it, it is. And that's why I would say, you know, kind of in the beginning, I, I kind of just said, you know, and I'm going to shoot timber this year. Um, and, dude, the cape, it, it is more than capable. I mean, it is, it's unreal, the performance of that shotgun shield. It is stupid. And, and again, you know, like when you go into looking at all the, the TSSs out there, hey, man, I, I remember four or five years ago, people were talking about shooting sevens, you know, at turkeys. And I'm like, y'all are stupid. I mean, you've <laughs> got to be lost your mind. You know, like, cause, you know, growing up, dude, what you shooting, fours, fives, you know, and you, you, you just hoping, you know, that that's, and now man we're shooting sevens at turkeys. And that's a that's a normal thing, you know, like it's so we have a four six all steel load and um saw it, you know, tested it, all that and I was like, Man, ain't no way. Dude, the four six all steel has become one of my favorites. I mean there's so much there's so much so many pellets and the density is ridiculous. And um Teal, it is unbelievable. But big ducks, you know, here's the thing, man. You know, people talk about capabilities and this, and that, and the other. At the end of the day, you know, if if we're all being honest, like we want to shoot birds in the decoys, right? Sure. Um. And if you've got birds sitting out there at 40 yards and 4'6", well, dude, you are covering that full look. You know, like you are absolutely going to hammer this duck. And and that's the thing, like, to realize. It's, it's not that you're designing a shell to shoot 80 yards. You're designing a shell to be, you know, the most ethical. The efficacy is what you're looking for in the decoys. Um, and a bird not flopping around and running off and acting crazy. And Like I said, the 4.6, it's, it's made a believer even out of me, you know, like from an old school guy, you know, shooting it, the timber and the all-steel 4.6. It, it, it's silly, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's different going back from the day, and you're looking at, man, I got to have them twos or then three. You know, I I don't really want to go any bigger than three or or smaller than three. And now it's it's just a whole different game. I'm
3: headed down the beginning of March for the for the conservation order. I've 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 hunted Northwest Missouri for that spring conservation order for snows since uh, 2010. Um, And and I got to be honest with you: the more we talk, the more I. think that i'll probably have to pick up some of that four six
1: for headed down there right i would definitely try it i shot it last year for conservation and um it was it was it was silly um yeah it's it, it, it it's special to shoot now like you know that's the thing about conservation too like i am you know a real guy like you know shooting bismuth into conservation Man, you know, I don't know, whatever, cause you shoot a lot. Those extended mags, that can get, <laughs> it's expensive in a hurry. Yeah. I mean, you know, that just, that just gets, I'm just being real. You know, like for me, like last year, we shot some of that. We shot the all steel and then, you know, shooting two four into a volley of no, It's unreal. You know, like it's just stupid cool. But, um, yeah, you know, we got the 2BB out there, you know, the one threes, two threes, um, quite a variety and, and they're all great they all serve their purpose but but the thing about it is it's kind of like i was telling a guy i was on the phone with the other day man I said, you know you you just got to think about how you shoot you know what you need i mean it, it's not like um you know i people talk about the 20 gauge you know a lot you know you, and then you hear about the 28 you know now it's, it's becoming you know it's, it's there i have one i like it but you just got to understand the capabilities and, and you have to understand how good you are as a marksman. If you're not that good, don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't expect a whole lot more out of the shell. Do something that would help you and, and help you to be, and be a little bit more forgiving for you as an actual marksman. You know, don't expect to go out there with a 28 gauge or a 20 gauge, you know, and just stone them when you really don't shoot that well. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, Amen you to probably that. need a pretty- Amen to that. yeah, but you you know you probably need to be shooting an improved cylinder with a four sticks with business and the decoys and you know that's just where, you know so I don't know man like I, I think education into the sport people being real you know and transparent you know along them lines I think that would go a, a long way and and, and honestly shoot, man a little bit of shooting in the off season it, it would it would really help a lot of, a, a lot of, you know I need to shoot more in the off season you know
0: I think we all need to <laughs> right
1: right
3: what do you do mm-hmm. In the off-season, I've heard, you know, I've seen a lot recently, especially with, with social media, that a lot of guys hunting pigeons on, on farms right before the season starts just to kind of get brushed up. I have started in the last handful of years myself, I've started to, to find out-of-state hunts in January um, because even though we have a late goose season up here in Michigan, that is some of January and some of February, we can't always guarantee that there's going to be open water or geese that are still around, you know, some, some years it freezes out and the geese are gone. So have any of the three of us at this table shot a goose since no, goose reopened no, no, no,
0: nope,
2: <laughs> <not yet.
3: Nope. laughs> so, uh, so I've, I've started going out of town, you know, or, or out of state and, 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 choosing to maximize some opportunities in other states and experience hunting in other states. Um what 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 things do you do to, to stay polished up like that?
1: So I mean like I'm I'll be honest, I'm kind of blessed really, really blessed. I, I have some friends um Sunday afternoons, you know, we all do, you know, church and stuff in the mornings, you know, and do our things, spend time with family and, and a lot of Sunday afternoons, <laughs> it's like last Sunday, we we go and we meet. There's a a couple of a uh, couple of us that have um you know the the throwers that you know with the wobblers and all that stuff in them and we meet and we shoot through a box of shells and we hang out and talk you know and and you know an hour hour and a half on on Sundays and we we meet and do that. Um, fortunately, like I just got off boat ramp tour the last week. I got home February the first um, from Arkansas. So, you know, I, I hunt on into um February the first or or the last day of January typically. And then we shoot, man. You know, we shoot quite a bit of uh keep, you know, through the uh through the off season, spring, um, summer. That's our hangout time. You know, we just love to shoot a box of shells and talk, you know, and you shoot cool. And then and then, you know, like our dove season here in South Carolina is is really pretty epic, honestly. Like everybody and all of our friends, like I have a field out here at my house and surrounding farms. We just have, you know, random, you know, everybody just kind of chips in, helps one another, and we just, you know, plant millet and sunflowers, and, and we have dove fields. So we rotate dove fields, take our dogs, shoot, um, shoot, shoot, shoot a lot of doves, matter of fact. And, and have a good time and do that. Um, the pigeons is not something I've got into, but I had a friend um, talk about that the other day. I think that's something we're probably going to kind of fiddle with a little bit this year, but a lot of doves, and then, man, it seems like, it seems like, you know, teal just happens right there, you know, right in the middle of dove season opener, and you're pretty much ready to go. I mean, you know, you get that first volley of teal and you're like, ooh, that was ugly, and then that second volley it all comes together, and you, you know, it, it looks good, but you know, the adjustment, I think, too, I think it's important, you know, for people to, to understand, like, if you're out there shooting skeet, like me and my friends were talking about this past Sunday, it is amazing that you're shooting a 1,300 feet per second shell um, out of a gun, and then, you you know, with your, your brass, and then you go to a waterfowl load, and you're shooting, you know, 14 and a half, 1,500 feet per second, and, dude, you just have no idea what that looks like until you shoot them side by side. Man, you're putting two foot you know, on that skeet with that brass load versus with a modified choke sitting there just banging on the skeet just on the nose of it. And it's different, right? And, and that's the thing. It's like um, I think a person should practice more, you know, like I I'm a, I love guns, I love shotguns. But I think if a person would practice more with the gun they're going to hunt with and stick with one gun, one choke, you know, one shot, and then obviously, you know, pay attention, shoot shoot some of your duck loads, man, at some skeet, you know, before you, you know, before you kind of start getting into it, and see the difference, because if you're sitting there shooting lead, and putting two foot, you know, on a bird at, you know, 30 yards, 40 yards, well, man, I mean, it's going to be significantly different when you put that, that big banger in there, you know, and you, and you go after a duck, so practice is huge, um, I think understanding that, you know, you're shooting different stuff, and it's just, it's a lot, but I enjoy shooting. It's a it's a hobby of ours, and we have a good time. I don't do any kind of competitive crap
2: because that would be embarrassing because those guys are amazing. <laughs> anyway, but, um, yeah, man, yeah. It's, it's just fun. Well, I am. I'm a big sporting plays guy myself and uh, bought a new uh, shotgun a couple years ago and uh, shot probably 2,000 rounds on the sporting play course with it. And you're right, you know, shooting that seven-and-a-half shot, 1,200 feet per second – and uh, got in the duck line, and I thought my barrel was back for two weeks because I was four feet behind every single bird I should shoot with.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a lot of difference, man. It's it, it's it's way different. But, you know, it, it's never going to do anything but help, you know, to, to go and practice, and it's, it's, it's good stuff.
2: And then another technical question, not to back up too much. You mentioned choke tubes not too long, though. Um, do you guys run a, a variety of manufactured choke tubes when you um test your shells or is that something you kinda of just keep in house?
1: They do in the factory. Um they test with a lot of different things, um and just look at it. I'll be honest, um I I have I have one modified I don't really want to say. I mean I have one, you know, aftermarket modified choke. Um yes, it was done you know obviously the gun was done and the choke and all that so so I have one aftermarket choke honestly man I've gotten to the place to where really I shoot more improved cylinder factory improved cylinder factory mod Um, out of my Benelli's I really shoot and and honestly the people around me I'm starting to see um, a lot of people shooting factory choke tubes I'll just say that I mean like because um, and that's not a knock on any aftermarket choke tube. There's a lot of performance in aftermarket choke tubes, right? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, Um, I mean, I, I do see quite a bit more people, you know, starting to shoot the factory choke tubes because most of them are external, right? Now, I mean, everybody, you
2: well, know. Well, they know what they're right. doing, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, so, I mean, I, I kind of trust vanelli You know, like, I, I kind of trust them, and, and I've, I don't know, man. You know, you can kind of overanalyze it quite a bit. Um, I think, I think in my older age, there's kind of a happy medium. You know, like I got a Super Black Eagle two that I had a lot done to, and then I have a Super Black Eagle three that I've not had a thing done to, and I shoot the same with both of them. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I hate this. I hate to get into that part of that too because I don't want to say that either is wrong. It's not, yeah. it's, it's whatever, it's whatever works for you. Um, yeah.
0: and, and, and that kind of thing, you know what I'm saying?
1: No,
2: definitely.
0: Definitely. I mean, I, I shoot the factory choke tube out of my gun. I've never changed it. I've never tried anything else, but I hit birds when I aim at them. So I'm not going to try to change it.
1: <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it, it's one of those things. So that that's, that's kind of where I am too. Um, Again, I've done it all, and they all have great products. Everybody has great products. Man, it's 2024. The technology is unlimited. I mean, everybody has tested and everybody has tried, and and, and there's just so many great products out there, you know, but that's just a personal preference for me. I mean, heck, I don't don't know.
0: So choke tubes and even the gun themselves, one of the things I wanted to ask was you guys obviously have to manufacture your shotgun shells around – what firearms are coming out so is, how, how does it happen and work with like as guns evolve and they change things in firearms like you were saying your your sb2 and sb3 as they modify their shotguns how hard is it for you guys to keep up to make sure your shells are still shooting good out of all the different kinds of firearms even as the manufacturers of the firearms themselves change things well i think
1: it's just a, i think that it's just a product to where you you know kudos to our engineers and the people that spend time right so when something new comes out um you know and and the factory the, the the manufacturers the shotgun manufacturers that are that are you know gracious enough to send us something to trial um and just you know just checking checking behind it see see what you got going on there and, and making sure everything's you know still the same and apples for apples and you're comparing everything correctly but yeah, I mean I I don't really think that's a that's much of a deal for us. I think um across the board, I think everything, you know, all the manufacturers we do really well with and, and I it's it's not like I can sit here and say, hey, you know, our you know, our shotgun shell works the best out of, you know, brand X. I man, I, I have people that shoot eight seventies. Um, they call me and talk to me and, and give me, you know, just, you know, stuff and and cool stuff and i have people that shoot the most expensive of the expensive you know and but no it's 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 pretty consistent across the board man i we don't really see anything crazy with that you know the thing is is obviously uh you know trying to keep up with the technology with the um you know you got a 28 gauge super black eagle three now you know so what does that mean that means a lot of people are going to want some 28 gauge so you know it takes a while you know when you go into the testing process and you know seeing what works and and what works you know for us It that that's the that's the probably the the, the thing that that's different
2: well i think one thing that's definitely different about you guys is uh you know, your presence on social media and your marketing because i look at one video and uh, it's, it takes me back uh, The opening day, man, I mean, you guys are kicking butt on uh, all your media.
1: Well, you know, Wade Shoemaker, he runs our social. Um, Great guy, a best friend, Um, just a a great man. I mean, all around, but um, great at what he does. Um, He's, you know, obviously respected in the community, but, you know, his craft is, is amazing. He's a great photographer. He knows what he likes. Uh, we got Travis Lyons, you know, one of our videographers. We've got Hunter Morrisell, Joel Bo Jones, um, all of our um all of our ambassadors that send us, you know, our creatives that send us stuff. Um man, it's great, you know, from the Mallard Estates to the Midwest Flyways to like I said, we, we, we are blessed. We we have some really great people around us. Um it's either our content or, or those that send us Dr. Duck, man, one of our biggest ambassadors. Love what they do. Spent quite a bit of time with them this year in the timber. Um, and man, just a class that group of guys. So, like I said, we, 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 we're very close. We're very close knit. We all spend quite a bit of time together. You know, we touch base and, and hunt together and do the things we love. But I think that's what makes the content so good is because it's, it is organic. We all do you know we're we're, we are friends we we all like the same things. um we like the same looks but wade does a great job organizing that um and yeah i mean so a lot of content this year came off of a a little bit a a brief a brief little little bit about that so we had great migration hunt um we had six six well three winners you know you could bring a friend um, you guys saw it at Delta Waterfowl, scan the QR code, the QR codes on your boxes to enter the wind. Probably, arguably the best waterfowl giveaway that there ever has been. Um, you know, Gator Waiters, Benelli, um, many others, Turtle Box, um, Deck, um, I hate to mention all the sponsors and leave someone out, Williams Knives. all the people threw in and, and, and gave people probably the biggest grand prize giveaway for waterfowl. We had, uh, we had tornado valley which was one of the outfitters that hosted the one of you know one group of winners one one winner and a friend we had um spec ops that hosted a uh a winner and a friend and then we had um max sharp at uh at um god oh, late leaves my mind covid killed me man it it, it got me <laughs> there's
2: um, a lot of people keep track of it <laughs> yeah
1: it's like an Award. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's getting old and cozy. Anyways, we that, those three, um, those three, um, those three outfitters hosted, and and obviously some of the most premier people in the in the United States, and huge giveaway, man. Like the, the grand prize winners, you know, you you talking about several thousand dollars, you know, that you walk away with with a shotgun, waiters. Uh, fitted up with Sitka, um, yeah, just way, way stupid, and then, um, yeah, so then we had Boat Ramp Tour, you know, you had content from Great Migration Hunt, from the Winners, those hunts, and then you had Boat Ramp Tour with Wade and I, and honestly, we started out in Venice, Louisiana, um, well, it started out actually with with you, or uh, around you guys, Minnesota, Midwest Flyways, hunted up there on the on some public stuff, Gave away shotgun shells, you know, met people at ramps. Um, and again, Turtle Box, you know, Benelli, um, Sitka, uh, Sound Gear, you know, a lot of people just threw in Williams Knives, just and, uh, and, and made those things amazing. Tom Beckby. And it was, um, it was stupid cool. And, uh, like I said, it was just a big year. So a lot of content was really organic with those initiatives. And, um, a lot of a lot of internal stuff. So you know, it was it was it was pretty special to see that. Looking back on this season, it's been it's been pretty dope. Like I said, it, it's been a it's a whole different year for for MIGRA. Um, you know, in regards to to content and producing a lot of stuff in house, and I think a lot of people really the response is people kind of see who we are. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, people post a lot of pictures, dead birds, you know, this, that, and the other. But this year, I think it's been more about seeing who we are as a company and watching the brand. I mean, you see Drew, which is our founder. You see Mark, our CEO. Um, the winners to the hunt. Um, the the outfitters. You see our, our ambassadors, our, all of our content providers. And you see us, which is two goons with me and Wade out on boat ramp until we're giving away shotgun shells. Um, hunting public ramps and and doing our thing, tearing up stuff, tore up boats. We've tore up everything. Uh, sent one cameraman to pull urgent care because he wound up with the flu or pneumonia, you know, during the whole thing. Jeez. <laughs> and it's been crazy, <laughs> total madness. I mean, like honestly, I mean, you know, you take thirty four, thirty five days with me and Wade Shoemaker in public timber, somebody's probably going to break down. And uh, yeah, it it was it was rough, man. But we we had a great a great season and, and migra's really growing and, and i don't know man just the feedback that we get from people has been the the coolest thing ever
0: yeah it was really fun watching those videos all over you guys' instagram and showing up to new boat ramps every day and stuff and doing the giveaways and it, it was fun to watch those videos from a from a fan perspective for sure
1: yeah it, it was a good time definitely um we 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 talked enough crap for for a year in those 30 days and it was It was fun, man.
0: Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask about this yet or not, but I wanted to make sure I did. So if not, I'll cut it out. But are you allowed to talk about the new coming out at all? Man, you know, I I thought about that this afternoon. We not talk
1: to the internals. I would probably leave it alone. Um, I would just say that next week at NWTF, next week at NWTF, we have a really big surprise coming out. All right, gotcha. um, we'll, we'll keep that in know, mind. I
2: just,
1: Yeah, I would just say that, uh, you know, you could cut the word. And I would say um, <laughs> that next week, yeah, we, we have a really big surprise at NWTF coming out. Um, we're super stoked about that, by the way. Um, five-year-old company. Um, yeah, a lot of buzz and a lot of hype surrounding what we got going on next week. And uh, we're we're super excited. I, I could stand flat foot and say we are about to release a uh, something really special that, that everybody can take the woods and, and another another micro product that anybody could be super proud and super confident to, to hold in their hands.
2: That's music to our ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: really
0: cool. Yeah, excited to get yeah. that in our hands.
1: <laughs> a lot of people are gonna be really,
0: really happy.
1: Yeah, they are.
0: From from a little bit of information I know about it so far, it's it sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome to
1: have. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We we have a few things um coming up. You know, like and we can jump back on it. I'd love to include uh, Drew Wade. Um, we we, we have a, a cool little year coming up ahead of us. We we've got a few surprises up our sleeve, and um, you know, man, it it, it the the industry is ever changing, technology is ever changing. Um, and and we feel that we got to adapt and. And, and move and you know do our thing. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting year for, for Migra. Uh, we're, we're super stoked There's a lot of buzz in the company, a lot of new people. We, uh, Taylor bright. She is, um, our new marketing coordinator. Um, it's just cool to watch the company grow and a lot of pieces come into the puzzle and, and it's, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, she's, she's keeping us together, you know, making us look halfway organized and, um, it's good. Like I said, a lot of a lot of a lot of neat little pieces being added to the puzzle. So we're we're super stoked.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited for that. Um,
1: yeah, man. Are you guys coming to
0: NWT? So we we were offered a booth there. I don't think we're going to be able to make it this year from everything going on here in Michigan. Um, still still on the fence about whether or not we're going to be able to make it or not. But yeah, uh, I'd say right come. now right now we're probably leaning to not making it down there next week. Unfortunately.
1: Well, you guys come and hang out, and if you can, and 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 hang out at the booth, man. It'll be a it'll be a good time. I'm I'm more than satisfied of that. But yeah, come and come and see us. We we should have a lot of visitors in and out. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be fun. Like the 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 season has been long, you know. Like it, it's been great. I wish it was still going, but it has been, you know, been a grind. And uh, so this will be a nice time for everybody to get together. <laughs> you say you know?
2: Exact words,
0: grind, but <laughs> not
1: grind, man. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> now, uh, what other shows are y'all going to be at this year? I'll make sure I give you a chance to kind of shout those out so people know where to find you and buy stuff in person.
1: So definitely, uh, obviously, NWTF, uh, We will be at Delta, so that's going to be what Baton Rouge this year.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm real excited. Um, for that.
1: Yeah, Baton Rouge, uh Seaweed and Charleston we are not gonna be at because it's gonna fall with NWTF. Um yeah, I that those two right now are our main shows of the year. Um anything else that's gonna pop up, you know, will be kind of pop up, you know, last minute kind of stuff. But those two are gonna be our two hardest hit, you know. I, and I think honestly, you know, across the board that's you know, those are the two that you wanna be at.
0: Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for listening to Locked On Sound's podcast. We want to take a moment to thank one of our most important sponsors, Slap and Tails Guide Service. Captain Justin Dixon is a USCG licensed captain and has 20 plus years experience fishing the Saginaw Bay and the Detroit River for walleye and perch. He is personable, knowledgeable, and wants to see you succeed. He makes sure you achieve what you are after. They run a brand new 21 PolarCraft Outlander, which has lots of room while jigging and trolling. You'll have a great time and take some great tasting fish home for the table. Now, back to your favorite podcast.
2: I have some quick Q-Tip. Um, you mentioned something about a uh, foundry. So you guys had your own foundry then that was your own shop?
1: No. No, uh, I don't. And I don't know of anybody that does. Um, most, most people are buying... Steel and tungsten, you know, the precious metals from from other places, but no, we don't. I wish that was a thing, um and I wish America was a, you know, no, but no. So
2: you're okay. Very interesting. I'm in the steel industry myself, so just uh I was, I was just wondering about that because yeah, mean, steel yeah no, we we daily. You know what I mean. Uh, and that has to be something tricky for you guys to see, you know, next quarter in the future, you know, next duck season, what what's the steel market gonna be like?
1: Yeah, so I mean I, I think everybody in the industry that that makes shotgun shells or what have you, I mean, components are a big deal. Um, you know, they and and thank God, you know, like I don't deal with that that part of the um the issues but, but, yeah, I mean, it is a big deal. It, it is a big deal for everyone, and, and that's the thing, you know. When you're projecting whatever, who, whatever company you are, from ten million to twenty million to thirty million shotgun shells, um, you're out small, trying small to, still, yeah. I mean, you're you're out trying to sell shotgun shells, you know, based on what you think you can make, and then someone shows up and says, "Ooh, we ain't got that," you know. And it, so that's, yeah, it's, it's a it's a big deal. I, I actually was in a, the collision repair, you know, industry. You know, I owned a body shop in my normal redneck terms. I owned a body shop uh, for 17 years, and it's the same thing there. You know, you've got people's wrecked cars in there, and then you call and you say, oh, well, you know, I need this hood for this truck. And, oh, I'm sorry. It's on four months back order. And, you know, like, you just can't control those things. Those are the variables and same with the shotgun shell industry is it's tough. The components are, it's tough to tough to get a hold on. Yeah.
2: That answers my question. Thank
0: <laughs> you so much. I don't want to keep you too long tonight. It's already been about an hour. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we close up for the night? No, man. Um,
1: Like I said, I,
0: I've enjoyed being with you guys. Um, I love
1: talking to new people every day. And that's, that's probably one of the perks of um getting to do what we do. And, and, the thing is, the, the common thing for all of us is we love shooting ducks, you know, ducks and geese, obviously. And, um, and we love, you know, we love migrants. That's, that's why I'm on this, on this podcast. Uh, you guys love it. I love it. We've got a good product and, and you guys are doing a, a great job doing what you're doing. And, uh, hey, it's just, it's, it's good, man. That's, I, I do. I, I, I've enjoyed talking with you guys. I enjoy meeting you people every day. And it has been a, a lot of fun. I hope that anything I could say would be exciting and helpful. And um, yeah, if if there's any more questions for me, I'd love to try to try to help you and answer anything or anything about me. You'd like to know. I don't care.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that a lot. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. I mean, I think, I think all four of us here can agree the only thing better than going out and shooting ducks is sitting around talking about ducks. So, Amen. Amen.
1: <laughs> no doubt, dude. You know, like in reality, we got sixty days roughly to kill them, and and we talk about them way more than that. My wife, I'm sure, she hears about ducks more than she'd like to. Than she'd like to say. <laughs> I um, feel like we're all guilty, he, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> no doubt, man. And they like fight my poor dog. You know, this dog trains every day. You know, and it's like dang dude it's, it's over and I've, I've did all this all year for this right um but yeah right. I'm, it's, it's very short dude it's like you blink an eye and it's over dude i start talking
3: snow geese with people and you watch them just go blank stare <laughs> because there aren't there aren't i mean there there are a lot of people that are as wound up about them as i am but but they're they're sometimes they're hard to find and and Boy, you you, you start talking snow geese with them, and then they they figure out how much you really know about them, and they're like, that is probably some of the most
1: useless information I've ever heard anyone tell me about (laughs) Well, you know, honestly, over the last couple of years, I have, exactly what you're saying, um, listened a lot about snow geese, because I was kind of ignorant to a lot of things. But um, I have listened to a lot about snow geese, and I got some buddies that chase those things around, and I've been involved in it. And um, I'm going to tell you, man, that's another special thing. It really is. Like, I did not understand how special of a thing that was, but it, it really is. And it's a lot of work, dude. Oh. Um, You know, to go pitch two or three dozen decoys, you know, mallard decoys, and pick those up in, you know, heck, 20, 30 minutes. But, right. dude, that's you can snow goose stuff, man. That ain't no joke. And and if they don't do it,
3: ooh-wee. It you got us, a lot
1: of crap to pick up.
3: It takes us about four and a half hours to set the spread and an hour and a half to pick it up. And when you're right. when you're moving minimally a third of that spread – and, and I don't have a big spread. It's all socks. I don't have a big spread. It's you know somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 socks I, I've had outfitters laugh at me at gas stations down there and say, well, you guys up the, you guys up the road? And I said, yeah. And they, they just chuckle and say, well, what are you killing out of that little baby spread you got set up in that field? You know? Um, hmm. But it's usually just my oldest son and I doing it by ourselves. And when you're moving most days, at least a third of that spread um, yeah, it, it, you're right. You're right. It's a lot of work. And it's a lot of the reason that, that that people that I invite every year inevitably say to me a couple of days before the trip, man, I I, I don't know if I, I'm I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it, you know. And so you go down there and you do what you have to do, and it is that it is all that effort for those few moments of I don't know whether to call it bliss or insanity, um, but boy, when they do it, it is unlike anything other species of waterfowl I've ever hunted and it's why I will forever do it as as long as my body allows me to do it and the time allows me to do it um but yeah I I couldn't have said it better myself it is it is tough it's a lot of work but boy is it when it works out right it's it's really really nice
1: well, that's, you know, that's like last year, dude. And and that last year was probably the first time I ever really got into him. I was with some friends at Blackwater, Blackwater Outfitters in the, in Arkansas, the Missouri, great guys, um, one of our Outfitters, good people and friends. Um, But, yeah, dude, like me and Wade went up and, and my friend Zach Snook and we went to hang out and he was kind of guiding and doing that thing and like come up and shoot some snows. And, dude, that one tornado just – you know, and it was, dude. It was a lot of freaking work. Um, muddy fields sticking to your boots. Absolutely horrible. with well, that one tornado of birds, well, he videoed me because I was so stupid. Like, so stupid and jacked, talking to myself and all kind of crap. I mean, just stupid. And um, I brought it back, and my wife watched it, and she's like, wow. And it was so loud. You know, like, it was so loud and, and so awesome. And, and it will. I mean, it'll get you bit, but you better know. You know, what is ahead of you as far as the workload? Because right. it
3: <laughs> what in the hell have you just accepted responsibility to do? Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah, dude. Like, me and Wade, we had been up there and fresh off the duck season. Everybody's tired. And we went in and and they were just like, man, come. You know, you guys just show up. And I'm like, man, that ain't me, brother. And so, these guys are like, man, we got to move this. You know, these guys, you know, we got to move this spread tonight. We are not hunting here in the morning. And I was like, dude. I am not about to leave these guys out here. And we honestly, we, 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 we picked up out of that freaking muddy, muddy field was done at 11 o'clock laid down for an hour and a half and went right back out the next morning. And we were smoked and yeah. I told him, I said, I'm, I don't know, I thought, man, I've got to get on fire for this again. Cause I'll never, do. and I'm telling you the next morning we killed him. and I was like, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like like, yeah. I mean, just ignorant. And, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. But, dude, I'm telling you, when those fools tornado down on you, it's amazing. I think everybody in this world that hunts
3: waterfowl should, at one point or another, <clears throat> get to a waterfowl ref- refuge that's in their migration path and see the sheer numbers of them, because it is, and I tell people this every single season, it is absolutely impossible to describe. Like we're down in, uh, in Northwest Missouri by Los Bluffs, and their magic number on that refuge is a million birds. And people look at you and say, did you just say a million birds and I say yep Mm. and and last year when we went down there there was 2.2 million or estimated 2.2 million on the refuge and I think everybody that is a waterfowl hunter should experience that because it is absolutely impossible to describe what that sounds like what it feels like when they all lift off what it Mm. the 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 noise Mm. (laughs) that that comes from that many birds, it, it but it is also just absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, it is, dude. I mean I'm I'm with you. Like and I can tell you're super I mean super snow. And like I you know, honestly, I love it. And I would love to man, that I've I've enjoyed talking to you about that. Like I I, I like it. I I'd love to pick your brain about some snow hunting too. Like that's, and I, and honestly, that's the thing about Michigan. I've never hunted up there. Um, I gotta come up there. We've got an outfitter that, that, that we've, we've had for a couple of years and some friends with Great Lakes. Um, and honestly, like I, I wanna come up and hang out with you guys and hang out with them and, and see what Michigan is like because I've never been in that area and hunted waterfowl, but the, I, I think what you're saying is absolutely true. I think every, and, and I would go a step further. I think every waterfowler ought to go and set up a dang snow spread with some people that knows what they're doing. Right. In, <laughs> and, <laughs> and right. And, well, and just see, and honestly, in all fair, just see what there is to it, you know, what all it involves, and get in a good freaking, a good field and hunt some snows and see what all that's like and just experience it one time. You know, if it ain't for you, like, that's totally cool. But just to hear that noise one time, most right. waterfowlers, you know, you pay for a guided hunt. You go on, you know, this pit line or whatever you do in this field, you know, and you shoot some ducks. Or you, whatever, you go on a timber hunt, you shoot some ducks or you're, you know, mixing a few geese. Whatever. Man, most people will never see that type of, that those numbers in their life. And, well, and in, um, in, in- I do. I'm with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, I, no, I'm just saying I'm with you. I, I think people should go and, and at least see that one time and just they'll have a whole deeper respect for that whole thing.
3: Well, you know, and in, in terms of paying for a guided hunt most of these outfitters out there do it because they're just really wound up about it. Right. They're not, they're no outfitters that guide spring snow goose hunts are getting rich because they do it. They're doing it because Hmm. it it, of what, what we've both seen where we're like, man, we need to do this again tomorrow. Yes, please. Um, And in terms of a paying a guide to take you where you do literally just show up and shoot if that's what you choose to do. It is so inexpensive to do.
1: Oh, it is. It is. It's relatively cheap. I mean most yeah. guys are, you know, three to four hundred dollars a day. And I mean, you know, today in twenty twenty four, that's that's just not a lot of money. I mean it's just not not for what you're paying because I mean, like what you know what that spread well, you do know what that spread costs. Yeah. But it's like money oh, yeah. you know, familiar. I don't even know how they do it. I don't know how they do it and cook for you, you know, and give you a place to sleep. Um, You know, not a segue into why I love our Outfitter Vendor Program, because I love our outfitters. Right. Um, You know, and the sacrifices they make so that people can have such a good time and work their tails off. But, yeah, man, I mean, it it is cheap, you know, compared to what these guys have in their stuff. And, I mean, it is a heck of an experience. ain't no doubt about it. Yes, sir
2: gonna say age small miss small everybody out there listening
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we yeah, appreciate you bad. coming on q-tip and i don't want to take up too much of your night we, we appreciate you calling in especially on a weeknight like this so good luck at uh, nwtf hopefully i'll be able to see you down there but i'm doubtful and uh if not we'll make sure to stop by at uh delta in uh, uh baton rouge
1: do that man we'll be there and uh, I can't wait to see you guys um, and, and like I said we need to make some plans to get together and, and shoot some ducks next year that'd be awesome and if yeah, you sir. you want to we'll have us on again here, man we'll, 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 we'll call uh, Drew and Wade and we'll get some more folks yes
2: yeah, sir come on out to Michigan bring your crew and we'll set you up and give you a shoot
1: absolutely man <laughs> absolutely would we'll love to do that but
2: yeah let me know if you guys need me for
1: anything and uh, enjoyed it
0: I appreciate it. And uh, I guess that's all. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: So you guys.